Welcome to Pep Talk with Grace. I'm Grace and every episode I bring you a short podcast with, you guessed it, a good old-fashioned pep talk. Each time we dive into a new area of life, business or career, something that we could all do with a little pep talk on. It'll be informative, practical and most of all a little bit inspiring. So let's jump on in. Welcome to a brand new pep talk. This week's topic we are pep talking all about is money, money, money. So today's chat will be a bit of a mixture of practical tips and then some more kind of woo-woo ideas and suggestions. But before we get started, this is just a reminder that nothing in this chat is financial advice or recommendation. This is just sharing ideas and personal opinions, okay? So money is obviously a very personal thing. And the best strategies for you are very much linked to your personal circumstances. So please do get your own advice. Whatever your relationship with money, it is kind of an unavoidable part of life. It can be quite an emotionally charged and sensitive topic. But we do need to be more open to talking about it. And we also need to keep working on our relationship with it. I feel like there's a bit of a vibe, maybe this is just one of my kind of money things, but that money can be bad and wanting to be rich is what evil people want and it's not what good people worry about. But honestly, while money is not the be all and end all of life, of course, money is great. Not only can it help you live an interesting, fun, fulfilling life, but it can also help you do good if you are that way inclined. So firstly in this topic, not surprising since I'm such a goal-oriented person, but my first tip is all around setting goals and targets. As with pretty much everything in life, you will get where you want to go much quicker if you know where you are going. You need a roadmap to get to where you want to go. So the first thing you need to do is spend some time planning and researching. Asking questions like, what do you need money for? How much are you going to need? What are your options to get you there? Break all of that down into manageable chunks. And don't feel like you need to know everything in order to do that either. You know, questions like, how much do you need, are not easy. We don't have that knowledge in our heads already, but we can, as with a lot of things, just Google it, just do some sums, have a play around. No one's going to see this. It's just for you. So don't feel like it needs to be perfect or you need to have all of the answers. And here comes a little bit of the woo-woo side. Next, you need to use some visualization. Be really clear on what it is, you know, what is your why for saving or investing or what you're wanting. Because if it is something that you really, really, really like want with the passion and fire of a thousand burning suns, you will be willing to make it happen and do whatever it takes and make sacrifices for it. When we bought our first house, the bank loaned us the money and literally said they were confident in our ability to service the loan because we'd been, direct quote, living on the smell of an oily rag for so many years to save money to make it happen because we wanted it that bad. And that kind of takes us on to the next topic, buying a house. So this is something that has come up quite a few times when people have talked about what they would like a pep talk on. So I'm going to sneak it in here to the money chat. And for people in their 20s and 30s and beyond, this is a huge area that money comes into. I do have a bit of a slightly disproportionate amount of experience in house buying for someone my age because we are currently in the fourth house that we've home, that we've owned. And that's not because we're rolling in cash. It's because we started small 
and we have built up to where we are now so our first house we bought when we were maybe 26 27 and it was a little tiny two-bedroom unit and since then we've gradually just made smart moves one at a time once every couple of years and got ourselves to where we are now so i guess the point there is just you won't be in your dream house straight away unless you're really lucky and you are rolling in cash maybe you will be but if you start somewhere you will be there sooner than you might think and the next big one around houses is doing the sums because I mean I really remember that moment when we bought that first unit house and we were doing the sums about how much would we pay in rent if we were renting versus how much would a mortgage repayments be and actually realizing that it's not much different sometimes it's even less especially at the moment with interest rates and we realized that we'd rather pay a mortgage and own equity in our own thing rather than paying rent on someone else's mortgage and a good tip around doing your sums and all of these things is to use the sorted resources so that's sorted.org.nz they have a bunch of calculators on there everything under the sun about money and budgeting and houses and they're really handy so I use the mortgage calculator a lot when I'm dreaming up plans for um, houses and things are very handy and of course also doing your sums around spending is really important so you can download your you can download a spreadsheet of all of your income and, and outgoings from your from your internet banking super easy and then you can group things together you can analyze it all so you can group together how much you spend on coffee how much you spend on avocado on toast no i'm joking how much you spend on power and, and you can lump it all together and you can see things really clearly so like on a monthly basis you can see what proportion of your income you're spending on different things and that just gives you really good analysis of you know where your money's going and where maybe you if you did have a savings goal you could cut back on so before we bring in the experts on this topic let's sneak in just one more dose of a little bit of woo woo because i really want to talk quickly about money mindset and money blocks so money blocks are those kind of limiting beliefs that you have that can sometimes hold you back from reaching your goals in this space. Not actually not just in this space, in any goals we have blocks. So I want you to spend a little bit of time going down memory lane and maybe think about what things you believe about money. Whether or not they might be true, just think about them for now and make a list. And some of these things are things you might not even be aware of believing, but you need to break them right down. So for example, one of my money blocks personally is the belief that you can only have lots of money if you work in a high flying corporate job that you probably hate. Because that's mostly what I saw when I was growing up. Other people, you know, other money blocks could be around, say, believing that you don't deserve money or that if you have money, you should give it away because you're scared it's going to disappear. Or maybe you're subconsciously scared of success, like having money is going to make you a bad person. So like I said, these things aren't necessarily things that you, when you stop and think about it, you're like, that's not true. But they're just really deeply ingrained subconscious beliefs that you have deep down. So once you've kind of come up with some ideas about what might be blocking you in this way, you need to spend some time to work on debunking those money blocks in your mind. So kind of realizing that they're not true and then coming up with some opposite kind of mantras that you can repeat to yourself to kind of re rewire your brain a little bit. For example, you know, my money block we talked about, about 
you can only have lots of money if you work in a high-flying corporate job that you hate you could debunk that and have an opposite mantra which would be i can work a job i love and earn a great salary easy and it's true i do so there you go it works um, then you need to kind of revisit all of that from time to time revisit your opposite mantras you've come up with and repeat them to yourself and just have them in a notebook by your bed and just look over them read over them say them out loud if you want to but what you're kind of trying to do is train your brain a little bit to kind of rewire those money blocks so that they're not going to get in your way anymore and there's lots of books and resources in this space so I recommend if that intrigues you a little bit go ahead and google some more resources on that and do some reading or listening on that all right so there's your your regular dose of visualization from me uh, but now let's turn to a little bit about the kind of other side of money I guess and that is all about investing and wealth so this is kind of more about growing your money which is really exciting so we've got some expert help on this one we've got Christine joining us today so Christine works at Colonel Wealth and she also runs a podcast that's called It's No Secret and It's No Secret is all around personal finance so safe to say from those two things she's learned quite a lot about money and investing along the way so I grabbed Christine to ask her some questions and tips all about financial freedom and growing our money and again before we dive into talking to Christine just remember that this is definitely not financial advice this is just our chat our ideas and our personal opinions and please get your own advice on your own money situation so I am the marketing manager, um, as you said, at Colonel Wealth. So we are an index fund manager and investment platform. So yeah, that's my day-to-day. -day. And then as part of that, um, my colleague and I, Kat, um, hosts It's No Secret, which is a podcast focused on answering um, all the money and investing questions that Kiwis have. So with the idea that there is no secret to achieving financial freedom and it can actually be a lot more simple and um, yeah, more achievable than a lot of people probably think or that we're kind of led to believe by the narrative in society and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've been in the financial industry, I guess you could call it for roughly three years now so I'm definitely not an expert um I kind of turned to cat for that but I guess that's a little bit of the flavor that I bring to the podcast in a lot of ways is having that beginner perspective and asking those questions that are sometimes scary to ask that a lot of people are you know ashamed to ask oh well what is an index fund or what is an ETF or things like that and there's a, a budgeting framework that is called the 50 30 20 rule and I think this is a really um great philosophy or I guess guideline for thinking how much of my money could I and potentially should I be saving towards my future so um, the idea is that 50% goes to your um, expenses then 30% goes to your needs or kind of discretionary um, expenditure um, and then 20% is prioritized for future you so what we call is paying yourself first so I think you know having I guess a foundation to to guide you and how you manage your money is a great place to start um, because I think that is a really common question that we can have a lot of the time is how much should I be saving um, should I be investing and things like that so I guess to add on to that also is understanding when you're ready to invest versus save um, and around that some key kind of things to consider number one is do you have an emergency fund and number two is have you paid off all high interest debt um, so those two are the kind of foundational things that you want to do first before you then look to investing so 
on the the twenty percent that I mentioned for future you, that's kind of the area that you would allocate towards saving um, or paying off that debt. So that's kind of a good one. I I would hands down say that's the only reason that I am actually able to prioritize future me is by um, setting up an AP. Firstly, out of my bank account as soon as I get paid um, into my investment. Uh, platform of choice and then within that platform an auto invest to regularly invest that money because yeah it's kind of that thing of um, out of sight out of mind right and I mean personally I would prefer to spend more time doing the things that I love than being obsessed with when I'm going to time uh, you know buy and sell units in a fund or try to time the market which I definitely do not <laughs> recommend um, yeah and so I guess it takes the load off in a lot of ways and it also ensures that you're consistently prioritizing future you rather than being tempted to you know shout yourself on a new dress or whatever else it's going to be it's the kind of solidified habit and it will become really regular over time as well defining financial freedom I think that that looks different for everyone so you know it depends really on what you value and the lifestyle that you want to create because I think a lot of the time the financial freedom that we're working towards is more about time than it is about money Um, for me personally my idea of financial freedom is buying myself extra time in the week so that I can do the things that I really enjoy Um, not that I don't love my job right (laughs) but it's those you know the passion hobbies and those kinds of things so Yes, there's an there's a monetary element to that. Of course, you need money to get to that point, and having a plan as to how you get there is really important because you know it's one thing to say that you have this idea in mind; it's another thing to sit down and figure out what the actual dollar value is that you're working towards. Similar, similarly, for you know investing in property is okay. We all say we want to be on the property ladder, but have we actually sat down to? Um, figure out how long is it going to take me to get there how much do I need to be contributing or saving or do I need to pay off debt first blah 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 to get to that point so I think that's important to highlight there are I guess you could consider them pillars of wealth in, in some way so there's investing in shares property um, starting a business um, there's also I would add in there investing in yourself because you are an asset uh you know we're a million dollar asset or more probably in our lifetime depending on how how great we are uh and then there's also uh cryptocurrency which is you know a developing pillar i guess you could call it um so those are probably the bases and ruth from the happy saver she does this really interesting um survey of i guess her audience and they talk about how you become a net worth millionaire and the common thread um we touch on this in one of our episodes is often for Kiwis, it's a property or investing in shares or a business. Those are kind of the main ones that people, vehicles, I guess you could call it, um, have used to get you to that million dollar net worth or the financial freedom that we work towards. There's, there's of course, you know, intricacies within that. So our Kiwi Saver is ultimately investing in shares. So that would sit under that pillar and then, um, you know, ETFs and Uh, individual shares they all kind of fit in there really important to highlight before you go and look at the how you understand the why so you know why am I investing firstly so what are my goals um what is the the time horizon that I'm working towards so you know do you want to buy a property or so maybe you're investing because you'd like to have a home and have somewhere to call your your like property your home 
you know what's the timeline for that and then and then from there how am I going to get there so it could be that you have a timeline of over five years for buying a property maybe you're in your um, early 20s or whatever um if you then have a timeline of over five years then perhaps you could look at investing in shares generally the longer the time horizon the more risk you can perhaps afford to take on noting that everyone has a different um, tolerance for risk so yeah so you could look at vehicles to get you to those goals um, and so then on the other side of how if you are ready to invest in things like shares yeah, it's, it's a matter of pers- personal preference. There's a lot of data that suggests if you are going to pick individual stocks, you are there's a 75% chance that you will actually underperform the market average. So there's a, there's a lot of, you know, evidence that supports that individual shares are potentially not um, the most effective. But then again, you know, there is a place for individual shares in an investment portfolio. So there's a, um, an investing strategy that, we talk about often at Kernel called the core satellite investing strategy and I really like this strategy because it's really simple and essentially the idea is that 70 to 90 percent of your portfolio or the shares that you invest in should be in well diversified low cost um, index fund and then 10 to 30 percent remaining should or can be in higher growth assets so that could be things like cryptocurrency individual shares actively managed funds um and yeah i think that strategy is really nice and that it allows for you to do you know have the fun on the side but also not risk the the bulk of your portfolio and kind of be smart with that part obviously these are my opinions but uh, <laughs> I will add that I, the way that I started investing was um, by taking $200 and just getting started in Lululemon <laughs> uh, because I love that company and so you know there is advantages to simply finding something that really resonates with you as a starting point to get on the journey and you you learn by going by doing I think there's a lot of merit in just kind of testing the waters seeing what what it's like and then building your tolerance and refining your strategy as you learn more but naturally going back to the goals we throughout our our time investing in our life we'll have new goals that pop up and you know we'll we'll need to readjust the way that we um, are investing or perhaps as we learn more we'll want to iterate so I do think it's important to kind of maintain clarity over you know what you're investing in and perhaps as you um grow your money then it and it becomes more of a substantial substantial amount maybe there is an opportunity to see a financial advisor if you know you don't feel that comfortable managing x amount of money so yeah i think it is it's quite a personal preference thing me personally i have recently um, decided that I'd like to consolidate all of my investments um, from two platforms to one for the purpose of um, taking advantage of lower fees. So, you know, staying on top of the things that the companies offer that you um, are investing with, i.e. rebates to have lower fees, that's when you get to a certain amount that can really make a difference of the long term. So that's what I'm moving my money to to adjust um, for. So yeah, I, I think it's definitely important to stay on top of it and just kind of not fall victim to a loyalty tax and that you love the company that you're with so this can apply for things like you know insurance or your phone bills or things like that having a regular financial check-in to ensure that you are taking advantage of the deals and things that are out there because often providers will 
you know, offer deals to acquire new com- uh, new customers and why shouldn't you have those deals too? And on the note of financial advisors, I would just add to that and say that there are, you know, a bunch of different types of advisors. So make sure that you are asking them whether they, ha- you know, are capable of servicing your needs, i.e., if you want support with your mortgage, then don't go to one that specializes in KiwiSaver. That's something that I find super interesting um, is understanding your relationship with money and just kind of the stories that you have around what you are capable of. And, you know, one of the most common things that we hear is I don't know enough or you can just even hear when you're talking to people that they're so nervous about investing their money because they feel like they need to be an expert. And so what I would say to that is that firstly, you are so capable of learning more about money and investing. I remember in high school, <laughs> my maths teacher absolutely hated me and she thought that I was awful at maths. And that's kind of a story that I clung on to for until I started working in the finance space that I don't know how to read graphs, that I don't understand how to calculate anything. And that is ultimately what held me back from doing more with my money and so yeah just this is a, I guess a reminder that everyone was a beginner once um, you know the experts in the industry they have had to learn everything that you have yes you know some people are more inclined to understand numbers better but that doesn't mean that you aren't capable of doing it your journey will just look a little bit different and that's totally okay um, so yeah be be unafraid to ask questions is what I'll add to that as well because there's so many people that are willing to help and I think you know a big part of it is also understanding who you are and what you value because you might not actually value going out to town or you know spending money on holidays away or whatever um, and instead you'd rather spend your money on something else but you think that that's what you should be doing so if you can understand what you truly value then you'll also be a lot more motivated to kind of Um, grow your money to get to the things that you want thank you thank you christine for sharing all of your tips on that it was really cool to chat all things money and investing and i learned a little bit along the way too so thank you and everyone make sure you head to at it's no secret nz on instagram to learn more from christine that is it that is all from us for another pep talk thank you for joining us to talk and learn all things money as always please don't forget to let me know what you think about all of that and do share your tips as well because i know you will have some stellar experiences in this space to share head to at pep talk with grace or you can also email me hello at peptalk.co.nz with your thoughts and ideas i can't wait to hear them until next time bye